The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Diamondback Covers, the absolute best cover you could ever spend your money on. If you need an insurance policy for all the expensive gear on the back of your truck, then you need a Diamondback cover. Make the bed of your truck a vault with Diamondback. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Welcome back to the Redneck Tech Podcast. This is going to be, oh crap, I did it again. I don't know what podcast number I need to look. I do this every single time I start talking and don't know the podcast number. Um, I will see where we at. Tracks. 77, Chuck's going to be 78, so this will be episode 70, no, yeah, Chuck 78, so this will be 79, episode 79, got Ryer Porter here, um, this howdy, is howdy. the day before we leave to go to uh, ATA show, we leave first thing in the morning, and uh, we are finally getting to what we've been needing to do since, I don't know. <sighs> we've had this on our to-do notes since I came to Work well, here in since August. August, yeah, <laughs> that's sad <laughs> that we've been trying to do this since August. So, what we're doing is we've had a couple people talk to us, and we talked a little bit about organizational workflow. Uh, a little bit, we talked a lot a bit about organizational work and workflow. Two podcasts ago on seventy seven, but um, what we're doing on this one is we're gonna do the deepest, darkest dive into pre production we've ever done because. This is going to be very different. What we're going to do is we're putting the headsets on, um, and we are literally going to go through pre-production for a project that we're about to shoot. So it's not going to be podcast form. It's not going to be well-scripted. It's not going to be well-thought-out. There's going to be rambling. There's going to be talking back and forth. It's probably going to be scattered. Um, I'm just forewarning listeners before that, and this quite possibly could be the shortest or the longest podcast we've ever done. So What is the longest? I don't know. Probably that one where I rambled on about workflows yeah, for five hours. Yeah, you're kind of a rambler. 124 is looking like the winner, and that's the one that just aired. Um, let me look back through some of these other ones. Mm, it's not letting me go to the bottom. Also, we didn't mention it in the workflow episode uh, because I hadn't done it yet, but I put together uh, a bunch of assets that relate to Have the we workflow. posted those yet? No, but okay. I have them on my hard drive ready to we, post. We need to post those. If not, so by the time this is out, they'll be posted. Okay, well, so this episode's not going to air until after we have started filming. Actually, we will almost be done wrapped filming for the project that we are t- currently talking about. Mm-hmm. So the beautiful thing about this podcast is you're going to be able to hear our planning and pre-production process, all of our notes, all of our thoughts, all of our everything, and then you are going to get to hear or get to see the finished product within, let's give ourselves plenty of time, two months. So in the next two months, you're going to get to see this whole process come to fruition. Um, from us sitting down, so right now Ryan and I are sitting behind our laptops. We have a notes um, that we've already started, that we've already written a bunch of, so we're kind of going to be talking about this through the notes. Um and you're going to get to see from literally conception right now to pre-production right now to the finished product 
that hopefully will shoot the 12th through the 18th of January. And then we will start editing immediately after. The first episode will probably be out within a week to two weeks after we wrap filming. And there's gonna this is going to be a four-episode series. Um, I don't know. What else do we need to set up to, to make sure they understand what we're doing? Okay, let's. Okay, it, I guess we could I, dumb it down I a guess, little more. I guess you could. We could talk about why this is, why this is different from the usual or the standard waterfowl yeah. project. Okay, or why this is so important. Um, that kind of I guess those two things kind of go hand in hand. So, um, typical waterfowl project. You guys know how much I love those. Um, the answer is not very much at all, guys. Yeah. So, essentially, most waterfowl trips are get a you know get a guide setting it up. You go in, you try and kill some ducks or geese. You film as many as you can. They all look the same. They all fall. You leave. You know, you you get a wrap up and you leave. And that's pretty much every waterfowl hunt I've ever been on. And they're they're never ever r- really good. Um, well, when we were pitched this project by Blue Stem Waterfowl, the first thing I told them was. I'm not doing a standard duck hunting film or duck hunting show or series, whatever. I'm not doing that. Don't have any desire to do that. Um, Don't need to do that. Don't want to do that. And they're like, we don't want to do that. Um, So I said, okay, I want these to, obviously you guys know that I want to tell a story um, the best that I can. Um, So the whole theory behind this whole project was let's, take four episodes and let's tell the story of the guides, what it means to be a guide and kind of their background and like go really do a deep dive into what it means to be a waterfowl guide. And they really like that idea. So now what we're doing is making sure when we show up on the 12th to start filming that we're not just going and filming a hunting show because that would be super easy. I mean, we could do, we could go and film that in four or five days. But we're not. We're going to film a series that tells a story about hunting guides or tells a story about guides that happen to be waterfowl hunting. Um, So what we wanted to do is how can we make this different? How can we tell a good story? And the idea that I came up with is each episode needs to answer a question. So that's where we will start our pre-production process. And this will be different because the show, the concept, the planning how we're shooting it, why we're shooting it, where we're shooting it, the locations, the time frame. All of those things are different than a standard get up early in the morning, go hunting, come back in the afternoon. This is all going to be different than that. So with that being said, we will start with part one. And essentially through this, and this is where we're going to, we're probably going to go off the rails and we're just going to start talking and it may or may not make sense. I apologize if it doesn't. I hope you can follow along. I hope Ryer and I can follow along with each other. So I can hardly follow along with myself sometimes. Yeah. So we're both sitting behind our laptops. We have our pre-note, our notes that we've been writing on since August. There's a lot of notes. Um, they're pretty much in, um, they're pretty much in, uh, in order and in the places they need to be. But right now, what we're determining is how we're going to shoot it, when we're going to shoot it, who's going to be shooting what, and then go from there. Uh, so part one, so what? first thing I'll go through is I'll go through the four parts. So part one, part two, part three, part four of the series. Part one is, the question is, what does it mean to be a waterfowl guide? So that's the question that we have to answer with the first episode. 
second episode, so all you do is guide, right? And kind of the idea behind that one is when you're a waterfowl guide, you're not just a waterfowl guide. There's a lot of other things that come along with being a waterfowl guide. Part three is how important is scouting. So the third episode is going to be just about their scouting process, how they scout, why they scout, the importance of scouting. And then part four is going to be, so how do you kill them? And the f- part four is going to be the one that people are going to probably gravitate to the most because it's going to have the most kills in it. But we're going to have that entire week to gather as many kills as we can, get the best ones we can, because if there's little black dots falling out of the sky, we're not going to use them. So that is the four-part series. So now we go all the way back up to part one, and we're going to start going through our notes. And And when I wrote this one, and... uh this is and this is where we're going to get into the the style, uh, the the reason why uh, that kind of stuff. So this is where we start our pre-production process. Okay, so the first one's what does it take to be a waterfowl guide? And my idea was, Ryer, that this first one has got to grab people because we want people to not only see the series, know the series, but to continue to watch it. So it can't be too. But like I wanted to be cinematic and I wanted to be gritty because. Waterfowl guides are gritty, generally. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't want it to be, like we've talked about so many times, everything in 120 frames and a bunch of bull crap. But we've got to do a good job, and we talked about this yesterday, of making sure that you and I are getting all that dialogue of, hey, man, what are are we doing right now? We're getting set up, getting ready to go out to this field that we scouted yesterday, blah, 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 blah. We get all that dialogue. So another thing to kind of go back is on this shoot, it's going to be me, Ryer, Drew Seals, and then Dawson Leak will also be there running uh, photography. So there will be four people on the shoot, and Dawson might run uh, regular camera as well, but right now it's three producers and one photographer. This is a really big shoot, so that's why all this planning. So I think the first day, let me go down to the bottom of my notes. First day, it says we're all going to hunt. And I think that's going to be good for us to all just that first day, us just focus on that, you know, that hunt. And then what we'll do is there'll probably be a guide and an assistant guide. So I'll take one of them, you'll take the other. And all the dialogue associated with that person we get. And then mm-hmm. hopefully we double shoot that some. We'll get them talking. Um, set up, uh, let me put that in the notes. Double shoot talking. Uh, go with your guide. And then Drew on that hunt, since he's going to be running the red, is he's getting pretty. So is that is that populating on yours as soon as I write it? Yeah, pretty quick, actually. That's awesome. Okay, so and, and the way that we're collaborating on this is with Google Notes, or not Google Notes, um, Apple Notes on your phone, and they also work on your computer. So I just shared the note with Ryer, and uh, he can see exactly what I'm typing, and um, he can write vice versa. I actually might have, when I'm talking, I'll have you write, and vice versa that way we're not, like, pausing while we're talking. But uh, I think that first day is important for us not only just to get tons of talking, but um, make sure that we kind of get a feel for how the days are going to go, which we're going to sit down with them the 11th when we get there. Maybe I should put that on here. Well, that kind of makes sense that we're going to sit down with them the first night when we get there, which I don't know what time we're going to get there. I think we're going to leave ATA around noon. And how far is it? I'm going to see. How far from is it from Indy? 
Indianapolis to Perry, Oklahoma. Uh, how do you spell that? P-E-R-R-Y, Perry. Okay. For some reason in my head, Perry sounded like, <laughs> like Paris, Perry. but... Are you talking about like the Perrier water, like Perry? It sounded like when French people say Paris, they say Paris. Paris. And I don't know why, because there's a Paris, Texas, and so yeah. that's in my head. And, yeah. Um, Please tell me it's not far. This one says 10 hours and 36 oh, minutes, 713.6 miles via I-70 West and I-44. That's not what I wanted to hear. 10 hours? We're not going to be there in time for a meeting then. We won't, I mean, we wouldn't be able to go the last day ATA. And we have to go the last day ATA. we got to shoot all the stuff that day. Is that the day that we're shooting the videos? Well, I mean, you're going to be shooting on Friday and Saturday. Unless you can get them all done Friday. You get 10 videos shot on Friday? And then what we could do is just walk around the, that morning of Saturday and then leave. I mean, I don't care. Yeah, we'll dang, I didn't know it was 10 hours. That sucks. Because I planned on shooting that next morning. Oh, I don't want the first day to start out on us being that tired. Getting in there at like 1 o'clock in the morning and getting up at 4. Because that's what it's going to be. I can guarantee it. We'll play that one by ear. Okay. This is this is our planning process. This is me going off on tangents. Okay, so first day, the plan right now is just to hunt um, because I want to get the feel of things. So to tell that story, and this is where I need your help, Briar, is to make sure on these four parts, it, when we lay these out by days, we are getting everything we need for these four parts. Because mm -hmm. with, with this, what does it take to be a waterfowl guide? I've got some stuff in there. Like, I want to show the kind of guys that waterfowl guys are. Like, what when you think of a waterfowl guy, what do you think of? Um, let me put this in here. What do you think of when you think of somebody that guides waterfowl? Usually, they have a lot of energy. Uh-huh. Usually, they are pretty salt-of-the-earth guys. They are very hardworking. Kind of guys that always get up early. They're always ready to go. Um, coffee drinkers, coffee drinkers. They always got a lot. I don't know the, the ones that I've always went with, they always have a ton of energy. Yeah. A lot of energy. Dog people. Um, yep. They love their dogs. Um, they're really knowledgeable. They have a, a certain like hunting waterfowl is in well, a way it's an art form. Yeah. It's, it's, it's both art and it's very technical at the same time because the spreads well i'm talking about like you can you can almost look like which i know i've got a little more experience with this than you do but i can look at somebody and i could be like that's a duck guy that's a turkey guy that's an elk guy like you can almost look at him and tell it's almost like in baseball if i see a baseball player and they told me they played baseball i can narrow their position down like that guy played the infield he was probably a catcher he was probably mm -hmm. a, like pitchers are a little harder to pick out but you know, it's kind of like that thing to where you can look at somebody, their, you know, their, their stature, how they carry themselves, what they wear, how they talk. You know, and that's kind of the that X factor on I'm trying to bring out. Like, what is what what is the waterfowl guides X factor? What is the waterfowl guides look style? feel because that's what that's what I want to try and bring out like like if you have and, and how can we visually show that how can we visually show 
what is a waterfowl guy? Because my idea for the interviews, you know, in that in that picture where it's got this huge, like, almost warehouse look, which I mm-hmm. think they have one of those. It's like a big barn that's got tractors and stuff. I almost thought about contrasting it. Find a really clean room, clean waterfowl room, and then make sure we shoot their interviews with them in, like, the bloodiest, dirtiest, nastiest clothes they have on. Like, contrasting clean room versus what a waterfowl guy is. He ain't afraid to get dirty. He's been running since November the 1st. He's not slept. And now we're making him talk to a camera, and he's not happy about it. Like, that's <laughs> that's the feel that I want. Um, And I think most of those things will happen. The not being happy to talk to us when I ask them these questions, and, I, and, I, and I have to direct their answers, they're not going to like it. They're going to be like, you want me to say what? How many times? What? Huh? What? So, um. How many how many guides are there? I know there's three, four, five. I think there's six. And are these duck or goose or both? Both. Both. Yeah, they do. Canada's. Both. Yeah. Um. Just I don't think they I don't think they have snows there. Dry think, field. Yeah, everything is dry field. We're taking a pair of waders, but I hope we never have to put them on. So there's five or six. I think there's at least six. I think there might be more than that. So is each of those six guys taking how many guys out each morning? I think Three, they four, max five? out. They run. I think they're maxed out while we're there, and that's twelve guys a morning. And that's not at one spot. I don't think. I think they. Oh well, they say if you if they if you book eight people, you get your own spot. You get your own hunt by yourself. So I think eight's as many as they run. I don't know. I think twelve is as many as they run in one spot. I don't I don't remember. He told me, but I don't remember. This is what I wanted to get there and talk to him about. Yeah, because I was just curious how that goes. Because, like, you know, a, a snow goose hunt, the few that I've been on, it was like 15 guys all laid out in a line. Oh, yeah, and well, the snow goose is a different, different yeah. deal. I've never hunted snow goose, by the way. I did a couple of times. Yeah. It windy as crap. Yeah. So never, windy. Never done it. Okay, so, like, what is the – so how do we capture that? How do we capture what is the look, feel, and style of a waterfowl guy? Like, what do you what, what what do we have to do? I think, I mean, I think that to capture, you got to get some a, of that is is I think tights, yeah, um, and and things in action, yeah, and uh, like I, so like, I think that when I see. When I see waterfowl stuff a lot, I see a lot of the really smooth, a lot of the really polished, um, like recreates. Yeah. Because that, like, if you got one man running yeah, a waterfowl well, shoot, you're on birds yeah. and you're getting recreates, and that's kind of like a secondary thing. That's something one we'll put and down here. I think it would be cool, especially if we have two guys on the shoot, to have in in the moment of things getting shot out of the sky, one person is on the birds getting shot, mm-hmm. and the other person is guns. on the people shooting. Yeah. And I think that, I think especially for what we've laid out here and the fact that one episode is going to be killing, the others will have kills in them, obviously. Yeah. But those are focused on the people. The birds are what the people do. Yeah. So I think that having... having more of a focus on getting that action in real time, I think is going to be important because it adds authenticity. Well, because you can't recreate 
you can't recreate that as good as it can happen in real life. And when life. we have enough people that we're absolutely going to do that, my yeah. my idea was, when are you the most yourself when you're by yourself? You know, when you don't have to conform to anybody else, that's when you are the most like who you are. What so if we I've, gave them a camera? What if, what, what if we put them in a room with the camera and just said, you got 15 minutes, say whatever you want? I think that would be a great idea if they had done that before, if they had been there before. I think what you're going to get is we're going to have to almost ambush them in their few moments of solitude and get what that is. Um, you know, I'm think almost thinking like, like I'm thinking to myself, like what do I do when I'm by myself and all I want to do you know, I can I get to do exactly what I want to do is I'm probably watching like a Netflix series or something that I really wanted to watch. Or I am going over notes, emails, texts, looking at social media. Like you know, if all my kids are asleep, my wife's in the bed and I have exactly what I want to do, that's probably what I'm doing. Or I'm getting ready for the next trip. I'm going through gear, I'm tinkering, I'm you know, that there's there's a couple things that I do for me. You know, mm-hmm. so that, but that, that defines who I am. So now getting that, that's the hard part. Like getting, getting that, uh, that style, that personality of each person without literally following them every second of every day for two weeks, that's going to be tough to do in the, you know, the week we're shooting. But I'm just trying to think of what we can do to, to show that style. And maybe it is, like you said, tights, like tights of ripped jeans, types, tights of like blood all over their clothes. And, um, you know, I, I think some of that focus, the detail is going to be important. You know what Chuck for said? Everything. You know what, I, you know what Chuck said that I love that we're going to do in interviews. Um, we're going to two camera their interviews is he said, focus on their hands. And I'm like, I was like, why is that? Cause I love hands anyway. Mm-hmm. He said, he said a waterfowl guide, can't wear gloves. He said, you can't do crap with gloves on. He said, their glo- their hands get beat all the heck every day. He said, so focus on their hands. He said, any, any waterfowl guide worth their salts, hands look like crap. He said, they're going to be dirty, bloody, hands broken up. You know, he's like, they're just going to look like really rough hands. He's like, focus on their hands. And I, and I love that. I love the, the, the thought of that. So during the interviews, I thought the whole time we have a second camera just on their hands. And that'd be our cut two shot. I love that. I need to put that in my notes. Second camera cut two shot. Uh, interview style, second angle, hands and fingernails. I already have it. I'd there. almost triple camera that. You're really wanting to work hard, aren't you? What do you want the th- third camera for? Just to, like super tight on their face? Yeah. Because I, you know, I think you want both of those. Because I, I mean, depending on the person, but. I don't, you can't only cut to their hands. Like mm-hmm. you, because then you only have one type of B roll shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think you want. That's going to be super want, contrasty, though. If we shoot the interviews like I have in this, where you see almost their full body, and then we shoot, like, when you, what are you talking, like super tights? Because that's a huge contrast from full body to right there, you know? No, like, uh, like a chest up type deal? Because if we could almost shoot that in just 4K and then just crop in, instead of shooting three cameras, simplify life a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah, I've always just liked the side angle. I like the side angle where it's it's just a little bit off to the side, yeah. almost profile, 
Like you can still see their other eye from behind their nose, but it's still kind of a. You could shoot that with the uh, 5D. That's what I was thinking. 24 to 105 pushed all the way in, so like almost half their face is out, like they're coming in and out of focus the whole time. Yeah. That'd be kind of sexy. Something like that. And and so then you can have your hands, you can have the face. The reason that I like having the face is because when when they say something that is has a lot of emotional value to it. Yeah. Which we're gonna get. I don't know what that is. I, and we're not like we're not pushing for like super emotional things. No. But there is an inherent level of emotion in or, everything. Or, or grit or yeah. you know, a dark, dark you know, um, not or somebody somebody may have a story where, you know, maybe it was a hard time or Yeah. And you I you That's I like that close I like the the close angle because it pulls you into that person. Like the only thing that you're focusing on right there is that person. Yeah. Um so that's why I like to have the face one. I think that with a far away shot, sometimes it's hard to feel close to that individual when they're ta- when they're saying things like that. You know, that's why I like it. And then if you have the tight of the face and the hands, then you can really make that moment a lot more dramatic and a lot more... Um, yeah, no, I, I, I got you. I'm right. I wrote three more uh, interview questions for the. So all you do is a guide, right? The number two, because I think if if you could get a really cool story from somebody about how that almost makes me want to shoot the interviews first, because if they come out with a story and we haven't produced it, then that's really tough. You know, like what kind of story? I don't know. Like if, if guiding helped them in life, if there was a time in, in time in their life where they didn't think they were going to get to guide anymore, a dark time where waterfowling helped them, you know. Something like that. Like, I don't know. It's just a thought. But I wrote those questions down. And maybe we sit them all down and we go through the interview questions that night. And if somebody's got, like, raises their hand, it's like, I got I got one. Then they're like, okay, tell me what that is now so we can kind of shoot it. Maybe that's what we need to do the first night. Yeah. We'll write that down. First night. First night notes. Uh, go through... Interview questions to make sure no one has anything that we need to produce during shooting. Why are you writing? Very, very top. It's coming in there. All need right. to produce D during shooting. Okay, so... And you know what? I might text. We get on the next subject and you get to talking. I might text Drew and see if he wants to jump on this with us. We can just yeah. call him and jump in there. I wonder if um, he might be shooting something today. I don't know. Uh, I always you, check the Instagrams. Yeah. Um, if you ever want to find out what somebody's doing, check the Instagram. Well, or you could be like Chuck and lie to everybody. Chuck stuff like he 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 banks stuff and you never know what he's doing. <laughs> so um are you If I don't have anything up on my Instagram story, it's probably because I'm editing and I I don't know when I edit and I get in an edit space sometimes I just completely forget about 
all things social That's, media. That means you're in the right place. Um, okay. Unless I'm unless I'm having a hard time with the edit, and yeah, <laughs> then I post things. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Let's let's keep going. So, um, show starts with a couple of guides. Okay, this was a this was an idea I had. So. So I already talk, talked about how I wanted to shoot it and how I wanted to look. It's gonna be, the, the first episode is going to have a lot of interviews and be pretty B-roll heavy, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, because what what does it mean to be a waterfowl guide? And we're going to let them answer their own question. You know, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to you? Um, let me write that down. Is it is it too cliche to have the first scene be, because you have here, show starts with a couple guides up well before clients. Hooking up trailer loading gear for the morning, um, and they explain what the plan is for that day. Would that be a good segment to do? Oh, Gillette Wildman, gonna who that is? Uh, no, I don't know because I'm torn between trying to do that really natural, and by natural I mean like capturing that without any music and editing. No fancy, no fancy camera stuff. I mean, obviously fancy camera. No, 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 like no over the top. Over the top. No recreating it. Just let no, it. No, like I want it to be. And I keep seeing this on a lot of shows, maybe, and maybe it's just a trend right now. But like, really, um, like trying to capture the stillness, the quiet, the solitude, the uh, the darkness, uh-huh. the contrast between dark and light, and them being up before everybody else. Well, I just love the without I'm, sound, without music, not yeah. trying to make it seem yeah. exciting because yeah. that's what you always try to do. Is every time you shoot the preparation of something, inherently preparation for things is not really fun or exciting. Or like sexy. this is yeah. this is not an exciting process that yeah. we're doing right now. But if you're trying to get viewership, you want it to be exciting. So you do a lot of slow-mo and a lot of cool shots and mm-hmm. some interesting light things, and you always want to put, like, cool music with it. Yeah. But I think that that if you're trying to show what a waterfowl guide is, I think you want to show, like, the small person in, like, get a wide shot of you know, the truck and the barn and whatever else and have them walking out and they're, you know, you have the sounds of the night and the footsteps and you sound design that so it sounds natural. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like a small person in this little patch of light and all this darkness and everybody else is asleep, but they're out here working. Yeah. And you don't try to make it more exciting than it is. And we get shots of people asleep. Yeah, but the Contra- same. Yeah, contrast same, like sleeping and a little awake. The same thing that I think though with that is like, you know, is that enough to catch somebody? If that's your first scene out of the bat, is that going to well, catch think, somebody? I think they're gonna. There's gonna be a. Uh, there'll be a tease, and then there'll be the open. So that'll that'll catch people. I mean, the, the tease will be faster. But so I mean, like a thirty, a fifteen to thirty before yeah, that in yeah. the actual episode itself. Fifteen to thirty before that, the thirty second open, and then that. So there'll be forty five seconds before we ever get into this. So, I don't think that's something to worry about. I, I like the idea of shooting it. Completely natural sounds, no music. I mean, they don't even have to talk. I mm-hmm. mean, like, hey, if y'all are going to talk, you can talk. But you don't have to. Like, talk to each other. Yeah. Well, I think if there's can, multiples of them, have them talk to I each think other. You can maybe. almost have an interview that goes along with that. That's like, 
we've been doing this since November. We don't have to talk in the mornings. We know what to do. Like we're, we're like on autopilot at this point. Let me have that. We don't have to talk. And I think you don't even put that, you don't even put that interview in there until like 20 or 30 seconds into the, into the scene. Yeah. To where it's, they've already been doing things without talking. So it's just kind of reinforcing that point. It's just muscle memory at this point. Well, sounds like someone got an email. Okay. Um Okay, I like that scene. Okay. Then we're just then what we're gonna do is we're gonna produce the hunt, you know. Show the kinds of guys that waterfowl are, like you said, hardworking, early risers, coffee drinkers. Um, I, I want to work in things like, you know. Snacks. <laughs> I feel like there's, I feel like snacks is a big thing that I see. Snacks. Maybe it's just on Instagram, but I see a lot of snacks. I think there's a hashtag called snacks for quacks. There's snacks Maybe. for racks, I'm sure. Oh, hey, here's Drew. Let's uh, see if we can get him on. How do we can, I don't know how to connect. I'll that. get him in a second. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hello. Hey, man. How you doing? Good. You? Oh, can't complain. You got a few minutes? Yeah, man. Well, we're doing, um, you are, um, we're actually on the podcast right now. We are doing a podcast literally going through our pre-production process for this. Do you care if we just okay. patch you into the board and you just jump into the conversation? Yeah. All right. All right, hold on a second. We'll patch you in. Give me a second. Here, I'm sliding this board over to you because right. I don't. All right, we'll continue to talk for a second while I get him patched into this. This is me talking about things while Caleb is getting Drew patched into things. Um, so, I'm trying. <laughs> Caleb's talking over there, and I'm having a hard. I have ADHD, so it's hard for me to focus on two things at once. Uh, we're talking about snacks. Okay. Uh, waterfowl guides, X factor, look, style, and feel. Get them in their element. Get them when they aren't guiding. Uh, then we've got a bunch of things here. If the refuge freezes, freezes over, you have to be able to take off. Uh, you only got a limited amount of time. We drew you there. Yes, sir. Perfect. All right, turn turn him up. Wrong one. You, you still there? Yes. Sir. Okay. So here's what we got so far to recap. Um, did you get the no, the notes I sent you yesterday? I did. Okay. I've seen some updates came through too. Yeah, we are updating it as we speak. So what we're kind of doing is we're doing a live podcast on uh, what you know, kind of the pre-production process for um for what we're doing. That way, people can see you know they can listen to the Pre-production, and then they can hopefully see the finished product in about two months. That's the idea. So, uh, you know, yeah. So essentially, you know, you saw on there, it's going to be a four-part series. Uh, Each series or each part of the series is going to answer a question. So what we're doing is we're going through the first part right now, and what Ryan and I are talking about is, you know, kind of like, and and you know this pretty well too. You know, when you look at somebody, you can almost tell, you know, that's a waterfowl guy, that's a turkey guy, that's an elk guy, that's a you know, a deer hunting guy, you know, you, you can almost tell by the way they walk, the way they carry themselves, how they talk about things, you know, they kind of have that, 
that, that style, that X factor, you know, that, you know, kind of people have. For sure. So what we're trying to, what we're trying to do is we're trying to figure out ways that we can shoot things that bring out that X factor that like this guy is a waterfowl guy through and through without, you know, mm-hmm. without, you know, without saying, Hey, I'm a waterfowl guy, you know, this is what I live for. This is my passion. You know, we show that instead of telling that, you know, I'm, you know, you, you know, that as well as I do show me, don't tell me. So, you know, what are some things when you think about, when you think about a waterfowl guy, what are things that you think about? Uh, man, just, they're a different breed mainly because, uh, you know, from a guide perspective, uh, I mean, what seasons, 60 plus days. Yeah. Something like that. They're up every day out. They don't get back till dark. Uh, I mean, you can just look at their hands. Yep. Their hands are all beat up. We all we, we already uh, talked about that. That's exactly what Chuck said when we talked to him about it. If you're riding the truck with one, you know, as a as a camera guy, you know, you're looking for shots and scenes and stuff, and then, you know, you'll be in conversation with them, and then the next thing you know, they didn't hear anything you said because they're they're up eyes to the sky, riding around, scouting, pounding pavement, looking for birds. First thing I notice uh, when I get uh, in the waterfowl guide's truck is somewhere to sit because there's usually empty <laughs> empty bottles. <laughs> Dip cans. Um, yeah, I'm usually sitting in the back. But yeah. the dog has more. Uh, yeah, is higher on the totem pole. There is me, no. So there is no dog doubt. Dog is very high on the totem pole. Yep. So that's yeah no that's exactly what we're trying to do. So what we're trying to do is just kind of list out some things that we can shoot um, that kind of tell that story. And we have an interview idea of how to shoot the interviews at the very bottom. We're almost going to three camera that interview. Is we're going to have that big wide angle. Um, and I almost want to shoot it contrasting where um, mm-hmm. we have them in like dirty, bloody, nasty clothes sitting in a clean environment. Like if we can almost find like a warehouse scene, like big wide shot establishing, then we're going to have a, a side angle that's kind of like shoulders up. And then we're going to yep. have a third camera that's just like you said, focused on their hands and their fingernails and, you know, just the dirt and the grit that's on their clothes um, yep. and use that as the cut to angle. Uh, that's kind of the idea for the interviews. And the first episode is probably going to be pretty interview heavy and B-roll heavy. Um, but I have yeah. on there for the first day, uh, you, Ryer, and I are all just going to go on the hunt. You're going to focus on just getting lots of pretty stuff, you know, pretty stuff of birds getting shot, you know, any anything pretty with the dogs. And then Ryer and I are going to try and focus on getting dialogue with the guides, you know, Anything they're talking about, anything they're setting up, they're calling their, you know, their conversation with clients, you know, their back and forth, the setting up, the breaking down, um, their wrap ups, all that good stuff. So that's what we're going to focus on the first day. Um, hopefully, I, we just looked at the the drive time; it's a lot further than I thought it was. So it's going to take us ten hours to get there from ATA. So we're yeah. we're trying to figure out if we get there really late the first night, we might just have to. We're going to play that one by ear because we're probably going to try and leave ATA around lunchtime. I don't know what your your plans were. I know you were going to try and follow us, but that's our Well, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to find uh, – get my bad situation right now. I'm waiting to get an email and everything. And, uh, yeah, but regardless, I'll, I'll more than likely be there. Uh, well, we're going to yeah. – we're going to – we're still – we're in the process, but we should have a house for all of us to stay in. Uh, me, you, okay. Ryer, Dawson, and then Chuck. He will be there as well. Chuck's so, coming. Yeah, he's he says he's coming. He he can change his mind any day. But <laughs> um uh so there'll be four to five of us in that house. We'll have it all to ourselves so we can have all our 
gear out. We'll have a big charging station. Like we'll have one place for our stuff and we won't be mixed in with everybody else. And we'll be right next door, um, or right down the road. So that'll be a little bit easier on us. Um, so that's, that's what, that's the plan for the first day. So, um, I have in there for that part one, just, uh, just a bunch of questions. Those are really going to be, uh, like I said, the first show is just going to be a lot of B-roll that, that, that talks about all these questions, um, all the different things that they do, um, what does it mean to be one, uh, how long you've been doing it, and all that good stuff. Um, then the second part is uh, kind of like the, the, the behind the scenes of, so all you do is guide, right? And uh, because they have to do so much other crap than just guide, they've got to deal with landowners. Yep put out fires, um, deal with lease owners on the phone. They have to deal with clients. They have to be a mechanic, a welder, a plumber, a counselor, a house cleaner, a cook. They have to do all of those things. You know, being a waterfowl guide is way more than just guiding ducks and geese. Um, so yeah. that, that's the – I almost can see the opening scene, like whoever the guide is, like asking the questions. So all you do is guide, right? And then just like busting out laughing. Like that is the probably the least amount of thing that I do. You know, everything else, you know, and I, I've been having them. I've got Ethan making me a list of all the things that have broken went wrong this year. Uh, that way we mm-hmm. can kind of try and produce some of those, like trailer, you know, trailer bearings going out, um, flat tires, getting like the ranger stuck, clients, you know, yeah. getting lost on the way to the blind, you know, all that kind of crazy crap that happens. And that way we can go and try and either recreate some of that or hopefully some of it actually happens and we can go produce it. Um, and yeah. I, I want that whole second episode to be all the stuff that is not associated with killing ducks, like all the other crap they have to do. Um, yeah. And that one's going to be that one's going to be a little tougher to do, uh, just because it's it's duck related, but it's not, you know. So some of the ideas. I had for that was like going to meet with a landowner, um, producing, you know, producing them going to meet with a landowner or a leaseholder. Um, mm-hmm. I want to get some stats on, uh, on miles, hours, tires, like how many miles they put on their trucks, how many, how many tires they go, how many trailers they have, you know, all that, all the stuff that people just don't take into account. Yep. And then, um, I've been having them, they, they're supposed to have been doing this now, whether they've been doing it, I don't, I don't know. They have a little handy cam that I've been telling them to do selfie, like diary cams, that we can just work into the episode somehow. Um, just candid moments with themselves, like, you know, this has been a really rough day or had a really good shoot this morning, all that kind of stuff. So hopefully they did that because that'll be really cool to work in. Um, yeah. Also, uh, in that one, am I in the right place? Yeah. So uh, I've got a couple questions in there, and Ryer had this idea before you jumped on about, you know, how some, and this is maybe a question we need to ask them when we first get there, because if they, if somebody has something that they, that they do, that, that does fit this criteria, we need to produce that is like, when, when is waterfowl guiding, when did you think you were going to have to give it up? Or when is some time in your life that, you know, guiding waterfowl helped you, you know, something, you know, something along those lines, like a, not necessarily a feel good story, but uh, something that's going to break the monotony of, maybe all the stuff getting broken, maybe, you know, almost, I guess it is a feel good story that works into that. Um, so it's not just about guiding a waterfowl. It's more than that. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
What do you what are your thoughts on that, Ryer? You got anything to add to that either? Um I don't know. Sometimes I flirt with the like try I you don't want to force people to tell you about hard times or things that suck or like really bad things that they've had to go through. Mm-hmm. But I I think that some of those things add a lot of depth to a person. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know how you formulate those questions and ask those questions in a way that is comfortable or relevant. Yeah. But, you know, like, you, I, I want to hear if, was there ever a day where you're like, that's it, I'm done with this? Yeah, that's a good one. Was there, was there a, you know, a time in your life where you just, you didn't want to do it anymore? You, yeah, because I think that a lot of people who are obsessed with something, they, a lot of times you get to a point, somebody gets to a point and they just, for whatever reason, they're, something has changed and they like, they don't want to do that thing anymore because they, some, something's different about it. And that's what I, like, was there ever a time when you realized you were guiding for the wrong reasons or yeah. you weren't happy with your life as a guide or whatever, you know? Yeah. Was there you, a time where you couldn't guide because of something yeah, out of your control or yeah. in, in, you know, in your personal life that was, that held you back from, I don't know. I yeah. mean, a lot of those are really personal questions and that's, those are tough things to ask people. And but no, I love that. Not though. everybody I mean, wants to talk about it, but you know, I think cause you I, can work that into almost the, you know, so you're only a guide and people see the guides, right? They come yeah. out on the hunts yeah, and they see the guy and they see the guy who is ready to be there. He's excited to be there. He is ready to go. He's prepared. All his ducks are in a line. Uh, but no pun intended pun very intended <laughs> but behind the scenes you don't know that guy could have all sorts of crap going on with his family he could not want to be there he yeah. could be his mind could be a whole other place but he has to be like that for the clients well, I think and I think that's a that would be cool to if you can get it I don't that would be cool to show somehow but how you show it and how to bring that back around into something positive yeah. is hard. I think if you I think if you ask them the question if they've ever thought of giving it up, every one of them will say yes. At right. some point they have thought about giving it right. up. Um cuz I know Michael, he 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 not only guides waterfowl. He started in Arkansas and now he's up in um uh Oklahoma with these guys, but he also does turkeys in Nebraska in the spring. Mm. So he's a guide for everything, you know, or I'd say everything for he guides waterfowl and uh ducks in the or, you know, geese and ducks in the fall and then turkeys in the spring. And you asked Michael which one he'd rather guide because I've already asked him. He said turkeys all day long. He loves <laughs> he loves killing turkeys. That's his that's his gig. Um, but he loves doing waterfowl too. And he's part owner in, in Blue Stem. So, you know, he's he has a vested interest. But I think that will be a cool story for him to talk about too. It's like, man, I love these ducks, but I can't wait for spring. Like spring's my time. So that would be a cool one to do. Did speaking of, did Kip ever get back to you on that turkey hunt? What turkey hunt? The one I asked you about in Nebraska. Did I talk to you about that? No, not okay. that I remember. Maybe I you talked to him it. about that, and he hasn't got back with me. Okay, oh, I okay. need to follow up with him. That's my fault. I couldn't remember if I talked to you about that or not. Okay, um, Drew, what do you think about any of that stuff? Man, I like it. I, you know, I think these questions would be something. Maybe we we hit them with these questions a little 
closer towards the end of the trip after we kind of developed, you know, some time with the guys and made them a little more comfortable with us. Yeah. Uh, you know, we roll in day one, a couple guys, you know, they don't know me from uh, from Adam. And, you know, we got three cameras on them. We're asking a bunch of personal questions. They might lock up, you know. Yeah, for uh, sure. Just from experience. So I say, yeah, I mean, what you got on the list are great. I mean, I don't really have anything to add. Um, obviously, the filmmaker and me wants to show things of them having dinner with family at home and cut back to that type stuff. But, yeah. Well, I've already thought about like there's other ways around that. It would be uh, really cool to have like a FaceTime with the kids, and then yeah, like have one sure. of them like, have one of them, you know, almost like sitting off to the side after the hunt's over on his phone, like talking to his wife or something. Um, you know, there's yeah, some yeah. St- stuff that we can do like that. Um, the next, the next one is that the, how important is scouting? And Drew, have yeah. you ever done a whole lot of? Uh, have you ever seen the show Shot in the Dark? No, I have not. Well, if you get time today, go watch an episode or watch some highlights of it because I want to shoot the scouting scene kind of like that to the best of our ability because we're not going to have as much gear as the, the production companies that are shooting that because it is unbelievably well shot. Um, yes. but essentially, I want to shoot that entire episode like that. Um, essentially, it's shot like cops, but really, really well done. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a invisible cameraman there who's in the, in the passenger seat, but all of the recreates. What is the show? The name of the show? What is the show about for background? Like, what is the show? What is shot in the dark? Yeah. Okay. Shot so in, for people who are listening, shot who the, haven't shot seen in the dark is on Netflix and it is about stringers in Los Angeles that go out all night long and try and find car accidents gunshots, all the crazy things that happen in L.A., and they have to be there first with the camera. That way they sell their news footage to the news. If they're there first, they make the most money. And if they have the best footage and the best angle, sometimes multiple of them show up at the same time. But uh, holy crap, is it a good show. It is shot extremely well. And they've got good characters, which helps. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't help. It makes it way better. Um, but essentially the, you, you know, there's a cameraman there and it's shot very documentary style outside of the car, but inside of the car is like over the top well shot because what it is, is they light, they light the inside and it's all shot in the dark. Like everything's shot in the dark. Um, but they light the inside of the car in a way that it's subtle enough, but well lit enough to where you get all the dialogue in the car and they have shots of the guy talking to the camera and to not to the camera and you never see the producer and it's like I don't still not sure how they do it it takes a lot of recreating I know that um but anyway I want I want to try and shoot it to the best of our ability like that so there's going to be a lot of drones of driving over the tops um uh, I want to get over the tops of the birds on roost and on water birding, birds moving in the distance inside the truck is going to be the hardest thing um, I think we set up two or three POV style cameras and a big camera. And if we could figure out a way to mount the 5D in there, it'd be even better. We'll have to sound that with the zoom. Um, that'll be a tough one to produce, but what we'll do is we'll break up into two that day is we'll put, you know, two of us in one truck and then two of us in another truck and we'll produce two people scouting. Um, that way we have it to bounce back and forth and hopefully they meet up at the end. Um, and then we can produce them meeting up at the end. So I'll need to put that in there. Put put in there, uh, Ryer, that they need to meet up at the end of that. The two the two teams scouting need to meet up. 
So with the scouting, you're thinking of having how many of us scouting? Because I was just looking at all the four, all four of us will be producing it, but there'll be two people scouting. I think it's going to take two of us because there'll be we'll have one two out. two two subjects scouting. No, no, no. Two two guides. One in one truck, one in right, another, right, right. and then me and you in one truck, and then Drew and Dawson in another truck, or like me and Drew and you and Dawson, or something, whatever. Okay, because with this, with our day plan of who's doing what each day, like I don't have anywhere that I'm scouting on a day. Okay, yeah, well, you've we'll, got, have to, we'll have to you switch that you up. You've got you and Drew scouting for sure, but like I don't see okay, me we'll, scouting anywhere. We'll move that around because there'll have to be one. I think we're going to have to dedicate a whole day to shooting that one. Are they going to be able to do that? I mean, they're well, or two afternoons because they're going to hunt each morning. So we'll have to set up a truck one day and like have to do, or, or we shoot so one we s- one day and one the next day. But they've got to meet up at the end somehow. Okay, I was just because I was looking at that and I yeah. I had seen that you got you and Drew set for scouting certain days, but I hadn't. Yeah, that was before. Yeah, that was before I thought through all this. Yeah, I just okay. I was kind of having okay. notes to just to have notes. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I really want to do with that is the I I love having cameras locked down to vehicles. Yeah. And maybe it's because I never get to do that. Yeah. That's why I want to do it. Oh, that's why I want to do this so bad. Cause but having it locked either. down in the back of the truck, having it like something. I was watching that shot in the dark on the plane. Yeah. And uh, it had a guy talking but the camera was shooting through the windshield while he was driving. Yeah, I've done that before. I've never done that. It's t- it's it, hard to do, but yeah, you can do I it. I think that would be cool to do somehow. Have you done have you done much of the the, the trying to be creative inside the vehicle, Drew? And, uh, and producing a lot of dialogue on the move. Do we what now? Hello. Uh, I don't know where Drew went. Uh, Rigging on the side of cars and all that. Okay, we you just you just you just came back in. We completely lost you. Say that again. Oh yeah, man. I was saying I you know nothing real extensive as far as high production value goes. Uh, I'm gonna get my first that stuff. Hmm. Okay. Oh. I don't know what's happening. He must be going in and out. Unplug him and plug him back in. I don't know what happened. We lost you for a second. Hold on. Yeah, we can hear you, but you you switched off of the podcast for some reason. Yeah, we're going. We're fixing it. Out. So so professional here. We told people. We told people this is what the podcast is going to be today. <laughs> yeah, we told them that this is what's happening. So if you're here, this is a very different podcast than what people are used to. So. If you're here, 54 minutes in. Yeah, 50. You have only yourself to blame. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Okay, you should be back now. Can we hear you now? Cool. Yeah, now I can hear you. So, um, you see, you haven't done a ton of that production, that production stuff in the car, and really neither have we. I mean, I've not done a ton of it, so it's well, going to take it's going to take all the brain power. Yeah, for sure. I've I've done you know just your basic stuff, uh, but as far as any you know, are y'all going to have any like rigs on the outside of the car or anything like that? <laughs> yeah, angles like that? yeah, but not anything where we're strapping a red or an FS7 to it. You know, it's going to be something simple. Strap the DSLR. Or yeah, something. yeah, maybe with a DSLR, but we're not going to do anything like where the you know the the three suction cup mounts on the hood and stuff like that. We're not doing that. Um, okay. But we're gonna we're gonna try and produce it to the best of our production capabilities for sure. Um, but we're definitely going to have chase like cars. Yeah, I think we're going to definitely going to have. Do, we yeah, need a chase. We're going to do chase cars. Do we have a gimbal? Sure. Yeah. 
for which camera will fit Six, the gimbal? The five D. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah do you have a gimbal, Drew? Do you you have a gimbal? Is right, well, Drew. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we'll have we'll have shooting stuff chase to... scenes with a camera on a on a gimbal. Yeah, we're gonna really have cool. to we're gonna have to sit down and like shot list out this freaking scouting thing. Yeah. Um, but it'll be, I think it'll be good. Um, so uh, okay, and then obviously the the last one is how do you kill them, and that one's gonna be you know we're gonna do as many hunts as we can all of us. Um, I think we try and produce um, the first, the, the the episode two and episode three first. That way, when we know those are done, we can just focus on hunting. And that what we're going to do during hunts is Ryer and I are going to do all the dialogue, and we're going to let you try and work on as much pretty as you can, let you be as creative as you can be, and then we're going to put it all together, and hopefully it works. Um, I'm going to call uh, the graphics guy, Drew, um, in a little bit. And I'm going to yep. go through kind of a shot list with him for the graphic open. And you mm-hmm. and I will kind of collaborate on trying to make sure we get all the shots for the open. I think we'll get them naturally as we're shooting. But I want to make okay. sure we get everything because I, sh- I showed you the example of what we're trying to do. We've got to really work on textures and lines and getting all that stuff for that kinetic topography. Um, that way that the graphics guy can do that. So I'm sure he's going to want some specific things. So I'm going to make sure we know what to get. For sure, sounds good. Okay, um, are you are you are you pretty good on everything on the notes? Um, does everything make sense? Yeah, everything looks good to me. Uh, let me scrub through it one more last time. How much of the client interaction are we going to get? Do we focus on clients at all, or no? I don't know. I don't think very much, honestly, just because you know how big of a wild card yeah. those are. Um, I think we're focusing on the guide life. I think that's the focus and and, and telling the stories that are associated with the questions. Um, that's my goal is, is when they asked me to do it and I said this at the beginning of the podcast, I'm like, I'm not doing another waterfowl show. I was like, I don't want to do another waterfowl show. I hate waterfowl shows. I think if I'm doing it, I'm telling the story and if, and they're like, that's what we want to do. You know, the fourth episode is going to be dedicated to the really pretty kills and, the more stereotypical waterfowl show. But mm-hmm. the first three, I want to do a really good job of telling who they are. Gotcha. And on there, there's there's four or five main guys that we're going to focus on. I think there's some others. We're going to meet everybody when we first get there. But um, that's going to be the, the, the plan. And I'm going to I'm gonna talk to Ethan, um, the, the main contact there. I'm going to talk to him tonight and go through everything with him. And then um, we'll go from there. Perfect, man. Sounds good. Okay, well, um, I will see you. What time are you getting to ATA? I'm going to roll in Wednesday night or Thursday morning. Okay. All right, well, call me when you get there, and we'll meet up. Um, and if you are not got anything to do, I'll take you to lunch or dinner or breakfast or something. Perfect, man. Sounds good, dude. Looking forward to it. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Thanks, man. See you boys soon. All right, buddy. Bye. Okay. All right. Well, that was impromptu um, with Drew on the phone. So he's going to be our uh, third shooter as well as Dawson. Like I said, he's going to be there taking pictures, and I'm going to call him in a little bit. Um, Where are we at into this? 59. Oh, God, 59 minutes, and we're not even – I don't feel like we've done anything. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I think the first one, the part one's pretty straightforward. 
Um, we've got an opening scene, how we're going to shoot it. The second one... Uh, do all the clients, do they all know that this is being filmed? And yes. That we're going to have two or three camera guys on their yes, hunt? Yes, because, because he, brought I, in, he brought in long-time clients. Okay. That way that they, they know what's happening. They're going to shoot when we want them to shoot. They're not going to sky bust. They're going to... Do all the they're all going to do all the right things. That is, in a perfect world. Well, yeah, I know it's waterfowl. People get excited. Oh God, dude! Um, no, but it, I just people want, get excited. I just, Let's just hope there's freaking birds there. We don't don't talk like that. I'm just saying, I've, <laughs> I, dude, I've done so many of these that have been a complete and utter crap show, man. Oh, I don't want that to happen. If I do seven days of a crap show, I'm gonna be very, very upset. Anyway, okay, um. Number one and number two are pretty straight. Well, number two is not straightforward. We just got to find out that first night what pieces we're going to produce. Um, let me do that. Find out what uh, um, what breakdowns and mess-ups we are going, going to shoot. Okay. So there's that. Then we get the interviews associated with that. Number three, me and you are just going to have to go and literally script out shot by shot, I think. Which is at the scouting? Yeah. And then part four, how do you kill them? That's just going to be the best of the best. That's going to be the highlight reel of the four um, with the interviews, which I don't have. I don't have any interviews written down. Okay, yeah, I do. I've got six interviews written down, which is all we're going to need. All right, that's the that's the the the, the to ten thousand foot version of this uh, shoot, um, which is which is what we just talked about. I mean, that's this is what we just talked about. Is the ten thousand foot view now? Oh, withdrew. So now we got to start nailing down into things. <sighs> well, I guess you know. See, some of these um, things are are. Some of the stuff is hard for to dial into because yeah. like a lot of a lot of stuff is a I see it and then I shoot it. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. So like I, I see it, therefore I shoot it. <laughs> can that be a shirt? Can you do that again? <laughs> hey, 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 hey! I need. Can I? Do you mind doing that again? Yeah. I need. I need you to do this. Yeah. So for those of you out there that don't know what we're talking about, when we were filming. We will be on a shoot, and there will be a client there, and they'll be doing a, mon- a you know a seemingly you know monotonous task, or who knows feeding their dog. You know there'll be you know I need you to throw the decoy at me. Yeah, you know one Wait, of those what? things to where throw the decoy right here. They're doing their day to day, and we're like, hey, you know what? That'd be a pretty cool shot. <laughs> and there is a leaf blower going on outside of our door. Um, told you folks it's real it's raw there would be something that happens and we'll be like you know what that'd be pretty cool hey so and so can you do that again let me get my camera ready and let's do it again and then they start doing it before you're ready and you're like oh oh, hold up no I gotta tell you when and and now it's a whole thing and you feel like you're being a bossy son of a gun and now they went from like (laughs) enjoying their day enjoying their day to resting butt face (laughs) oh it's a nice day off (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Life's a beach and you're here, dude. <laughs> that's, that's what I feel like when people that's, are just doing their thing and then all of a sudden. God, that's such a good video. All of a sudden they turn around and they see the camera. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're, life's a beach and you're here, dude. <laughs> and you could see it in their face. Oh, yeah. When they turn around, they're like, jeez. Oh, yeah. Especially, I had, who did I tell? Oh, I was, somebody was cutting up some, some duck breasts. Uh, usually I don't, but for some reason I did. I I was like, I'm sorry, I got to get real close to you right now. Yeah. I was like breathing down his neck. Yeah. It was real weird. Yeah. I tell Because I was trying to get it over the shoulder. I wanted his, I wanted the duck breast in focus, but on the bottom and the left-hand side of the frame, I wanted his shoulder and yeah. like the side of his head. Yeah. And the only way you can do that is by literally being on top of them. Well, I tell people, this is my line. When I'm doing something like that, I'm like, I'm going to invade your personal space now. That's what I tell them. And they're like, okay, yeah, that's cool. You know, they don't care. I just tell them. Invasion is imminent. Yeah. So I, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to invade your pri- your uh, private space now. So uh, Usually most space. people are cool with it, as long as you act funny yeah. about it. Or yeah, you're up front with it and, you know, you're not a great. As, as long as they know that you're also uncomfortable with the situation. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So, um, anyways, yeah. So uh, I was, what do you think about just generally doing, uh, like a lot of handheld stuff hunting wise? I think, I think a lot of what drill will do would be handheld. I think Drew likes handheld. He does. And I like handheld. I know. I'm cool with it. Because I was just kills like well, yeah. on kill cam. Like That's kind of hard. Yeah, you can't do it. I mean, we could always put. We could always. Um, you can post process and put shake into something if we really wanted to. I yeah. don't know if you need to. I'd have to mess with it in post. I've done it before and I've had mixed feelings about it. Yeah. Like I've done it sometimes and I like it because I wanted more shake, and I've done it sometimes and it just didn't quite line up yeah. the way I wanted to. Uh. But I think definitely, like, with the killing sequences and guides doing things, I think trying to shoot that handheld and have it shaky and gritty and raw and keeping some of the, like, the imperfections in the video a little bit. Yeah. You know, not trying to be too polished. I think because if you try to be too polished, I think it almost doesn't, it doesn't work with the subject matter because those guys are not polished, right? Yeah. The guys are rough. The guys are dirty. The guys are gritty. And having some of that, I mean, not sloppy camera work, but yeah, having the... But real camera work, like documentary top. You know, I, yeah. think, I think all the stuff that we do for the uh, scouting has got to be that way. You know, except for that lockdown shot, which I love that feeling of, of the chaos to... Which you're still going to have chaos in that shot, you know, especially going over bumps and you see all them move, but the camera doesn't, the camera stays rigid. I don't even know how you rig that up. You just, I've done it before. You you just lay down the back seats of the truck and usually they have like hooks in the back and you run a ratchet strap over the truck, hook them in the hooks and then ratchet strap the tripod down. Inside the cab, right? Inside the cab, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be cool. Or an even cooler shot is use the Tundra, my Tundra, Use the bed cover and shoot through the back glass because my back glass rolls down. Which bed cover? The diamond back truck bed. The cover. diamond back truck bed. The cover? diamond back truck bed cover. We're gonna use the diamond back truck bed. The cover? diamond back truck bed cover. So we'll um put it on the tripod on it, and you can lock it down to the bed cover and shoot through the back glass, and then you have like the silhouette of the back glass out the front, seeing out. Put that one in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Put that one in the notes. Donde está la notes? There they are. 
scouting scene. Uh, drone flying. Let's put the lockdown. Lockdown through back glass. Lockdown in back seat. And that is done. So, um, okay. Oh, wow. Sorry, I'm getting... I'm getting some inside information on ATA at the moment. Give me a second. Breaking news. Yeah. Just kidding. It's not... I can't say anything. Sorry. Okay, so... Let's do that on the drive. Do which on the drive? The scouting scene. Let's script that out on the drive because we've got we're gonna have a nine hour drive there and a ten hour drive down. So we got nineteen hours more to talk about this. Nine hours to ATA and yep. is it really nine hours? Yeah. I thought it was eight. Eight and a half, but after we stop and everything it'll be nine. I'm I really need I really need Tesla to come up with some uh, electric truck that doesn't look horrific. Yeah. And that can you can do full autopilot. Because all this driving stuff is a lot of driving. Yep. Oh, I haven't ever seen their sign lit up like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Where have you? I been? just I just looked over to the left for everybody listening, <laughs> and uh, I you guys have the seen the metal cut the metal sheet metal cutout sign says Copeland Creative because that's our name. Uh, <laughs> but really? it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to give people a glimpse into this. Uh, and it has a backlight behind it, but I've never seen it. And it changes colors. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know where the I don't know where the remote's at. But yeah, that's cool. I gotta hide the wire though. It kind of looks ganked up with the wire. Yeah, it looks horrible. I hate it. Shut it looks so bad. I hate your cuts. Like, it just sits there, and I just look at that wire, and that's all I can focus on the whole time. I so don't know how you're gonna hide that wire. You'll have to do a lot of sheetrock work, and I'm not, I don't want to do that. Yeah, that seems like a pain. So, um. Maybe it's just, how do you turn it on? Do you turn it on with the wire? Is yeah, it always on? There's a button. There's a button. I left it on. But, yeah, you can leave it on all the time. I've just never, I didn't even know that I could turn it on, I guess. Oh, cool. Um, I think that's about all I got for now. I mean, kind of hitting the highlights of it. You got anything else? Hope that wasn't too scattered. I think that was pretty, I mean, it was medium. I give it a C. A C? A C minus. Well, I mean, what are you giving a C? This podcast. This po- <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> what would be an A plus? I don't think we've done an A plus, to be honest with you. Honestly, that hurts my feelings because I think that my <laughs> podcast Honestly, on workflow and and production was fantastic. Uh Riveting material. All right. So there's that. All right. Uh, I've got to make some more phone calls, and we've got to pack my truck, and we are headed north in the morning. Yeah, by the time this is is out, we've already been to ATA. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like, should we do that, or should we make these, like, this one doesn't matter. I think that... It's gonna have to be, it's gonna have to be like that because if we're gonna stay on the Monday schedule, we have to bank podcasts. There's no way that we can't. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And we've been in the office for a couple weeks, on and off. I mean, you've been here for a couple weeks, but I've been on and off, and you've been able to do some podcasts, and unless we just – Unless we just put them out as soon as we do them. But I think for right now, trying to stick on the Monday schedule, you just bank them. And right now we have time to do them, and we're going to have a ton banked from ATA. So I don't know. I wonder if maybe this one we Well, then I'll listen to some other ones that were, like, from ATA last year that are just now airing. So, like, I don't think it matters. I wonder if this one, like, we do and we put out – because are we going to do a podcast post-wrap? <clears throat> and like talk wrapping about, up a podcast podcast about ATA show? Well, we'll probably do that. I mean, um, we uh, don't have to bank up till Monday. I mean, we can post them sooner. No, than I mean, are we gonna when we go to Blue Stem? Mm-hmm. Are we gonna do a post wrap podcast? Yeah, we can. So I wonder. How it went like, did we get to go do the things we want? So I wonder if we post this and then that one. So then we might just have all. What do we have coming out this Monday? Which podcast is Chuck? The one that will Belmore. Okay, so Chuck is coming out, and then we maybe we can either put this one, and then well, I already said it was episode seventy nine. Maybe we should stop saying podcast numbers. <laughs> That's a good idea. Then we can put them wherever we want. We should stop talking about what day we did this. Yeah, exactly. Just um, make it like it's freaking magic. It just appears. <laughs> Just like everything else. It's just magic. Videos just appear out of the thin hair. Um, because we could, if we did this podcast and then the one immediately following this podcast was the post-wrap, it might be interesting Yeah, that way. Or we can, we can build the suspense. This one will know. air. <clears throat> about the time this one airs, the first episode should air about two weeks after it. So that'll be about perfect. If we put this one out. When it's supposed to air next Monday. I wonder what if you did it like this, then the first episode, and then the post-wrap episode. Well, let's just put a disclaimer at the end of this one. This one may or may not be episode 79. So if we said we may it have lied. Yeah, we may have lied. So We're sorry to have betrayed you just, and your trust. Yep. But. That's show business. We <laughs> lie to people. That's show business, baby. <sighs> All right. Well, let's, that was uh, horrible. I hated that. Please, can we delete what I just said? No, <laughs> let's 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 wrap this up. All right, um, we are the the um, <clears throat> production school. I am may or may not have to move those dates, so we may have lied to you again. Uh, I may have to go to South Florida those dates, so we may be moving it to the next weekend in February. It was the twenty first to the twenty third. The other dates would be. February the 28th through March the 1st. So, uh, tentatively, those are the new dates. Don't know for sure. I hope to know in another week or so. So, that's that. Uh, if you want to sign up, DM us, email us, rednecktechpodcast at gmail.com or at rednecktechpodcast on Instagram. Make sure to comment and subscribe to the podcast. That would be mighty Christian like of you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>